Welcome back to Kid Tested. Mother approved. I'm the Kid Ruben. I'm the Mom Don. Good morning. I mean, <laughs> nobody knows when we record this. No, it, well, so what? So, what? okay, let's do it again then. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> I just wanted to say good morning. And if you're listening to it in the evening, good evening. Hello. What is that, what is that Jim Carrey movie? It's Truman Show, right? Where he says, good morning. And if I don't see you for the rest of the day, good afternoon and good night. Or something like that, right? Good evening. Yeah, I think so. You know what I'm talking about? No, but that's okay. Because half the time I don't know what you're talking about. You haven't seen Daniel Truman Show? Yeah, I didn't like it. You didn't like Truman Show? No. Anyway, when I when I moved, uh, I used to move. I moved away for a little bit, um, and I moved to Santa Cruz. And one of the first things I did when I met like a new group of friends is we all like went and watched a movie, and they're like, "What movie should we watch?" And we all turned on Netflix, and they're like, "Let's watch Truman Show." Truman Show is the weirdest movie to watch with a bunch of people you don't know. That's weird. It is. It's weird. This week is a very special episode. It is a super, super special episode. Ruben and Mom talk about... <laughs> you know, I was making a joke because, you know, it's always like this. This week on a special episode of oh, yeah. Corey in the House. Okay. Or this week on the dramatic episode. Yeah. Where it's like, like of The Bachelor or whatever. Oh, see, yeah. I was going for like... Uh, like an after, after school special where it's like Topanga found a weed. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> I was going for The Bachelor in this week's dramatic episode. Topanga found a weed. <laughs> no, we're not talking about that because we have a very special episode. It's a very special episode. Um I almost said it again. Um so this episode uh is actually a uh from one of my favorite comedians. Uh, I reached out to him. Love this dude. Great dude. Uh, Chris Gethard. Uh, mom, mom wants to say hi. Mom just asked if she could say hi. Yeah, you could say hi. Hello, Chris Gethard, if you're listening, which I hope you are, and hello if you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send it to him. Good. But um, anyway, so, yeah, so I reached out to him. I said, like, because he does so many different things. Dude's got a TV show. He's got a podcast. He's an actor. If you've ever seen The Office, he's in, a, he's in an episode or two, oh. I believe. He's also in the show, or the movie, I'm sorry, Don't Think Twice. Oof, that's a great movie. I haven't seen that one. It's on, it's on Netflix. Um, I don't know if I'm going to make you watch it for the show because I really don't know a theme that it would go for. It's okay. just so good. Maybe we could do that as a theme. Movies that are just, I mean, seriously. Like, movies that... I don't think it won any awards, but man, is it... But it could... Yeah. You know who it stars? It stars him and Mike Birbiglia. Oh, And nice. then Keegan-Michael Key. Is it like a documentary kind of film? No. Because they're all comedians? So it's about an improv group. Um, that are in New York, and some of them, and they're all kind of auditioning for Saturday Night Live, but it's not Saturday Night Live. It's Got like it. Weekend Live or whatever, and right. some of them succeed, some of them don't. Excellent. I'll what, have to check it out. They all kind of have different career paths and what's going on with that, and at the beginning, they're all very close friends, and how does that spread thin when competition is put through a group of friends? It's really good. Um, okay, I'll have to check it out. But anyway, so I reached out to him, and I was like, hey, man. Just kind of with your, you know, creative inspiration, we, like, have started a podcast and, and have done this. He goes, yeah, man. And I told him the basic gist. And he goes, yeah. And he sent me two movies. Yes. He sent me Gross Point Blank and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And can I just say, he doesn't know us. No, he has no idea that but that was, like, hello, that's perfect. Plane, Trains, and Automobiles is one of your favorites. Mm-hmm. Gross Point Blank, John Cusack, one of my favorites. Yeah. So... Fantastic. No, it, it, it was the perfect choice for our show. It really was. Like, it could have been, like... Something horrible. It's something, like, weird. That's right. just like, what? What? Uh, I guess we can talk about that. But, it, like, it worked so perfect. Exactly. Um, exactly. So I'm very excited. So uh, I'm going to be going first this week. Yes, you Yes, you are. And uh, I... So he didn't say who should watch who, but because Plants, Trains, and Automobiles is one of my favorites, yes. I, we, I had you watch it, and then, because I don't... Because you love John Cusack, we gave me gross point blank. But we we're starting to both try and watch the movies, even if like like I love Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Seen it a thousand times, I still rewatched it just so if you mentioned a specific thing, I could yeah, be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really good. So I tell you what, though, I mean, I'm just gonna start talking about gross point blank. Gross Please point do. blank from 1997, um, starring John Cusack and Mini Driver and a bunch of people. Right, uh, Jeremy Piven. Michael Cudlitz from, who you have no idea who this is. He's, I think the character's name is Abraham on The Walking Dead. So does he play one of the cops? Or does he play... He's the, uh, In this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the, the drunk guy at the reunion. Oh, yeah, ooh. 
Okay. Uh, he's dead now in Walking Dead. He got his. Oh. You know who slammed his head with a baseball bat? No. Uh, what's his name? That do you like that guy? The guy from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Was he in Grey's Anatomy? Jeff Jeffrey yes, Dean Morgan. Yes, he has three names. Yes. Yes. I do. <laughs> Did you? Okay. <laughs> again with the heads. I'm sorry. I said, and sorry again. I've got another cold. Um. He. I said he has three names, and I did my fingers with like boink, boink, boink. So. So yeah. So it's got Michael Cudlitz, uh, who's very minimal. Jeremy Piven, who I thought there was gonna be something more to Jeremy Piven's character. So did I. Um. Because they. Uh, what's his name? John Cusack is a contract killer. Yes. Who's coming up on his 10-year uh, high school reunion. Yes. And this is actually, here's what's even more bizarre about this movie. Last night, my friends and I went and saw, or two nights ago, we went and saw Thor Ragnarok. Okay. And I don't remember how we got on the conversation, but we were talking about how I like when siblings are in movies together and they don't play siblings. Hmm. And my buddy Taylor yes. was like, no, it's weird. It's weird, weird when they don't play siblings. Depending. Right. Uh, he, he had one example and I was like, okay, that is a little weird. I loved that Joan Cusack and John Cusack were playing, like, co-workers. Yes. Like, he was her boss. Like, yes. they could have just written in that they were related. Yes. And I thought they were going to. No. Like, just, because it was really, it worked really well. I liked it. I liked the, the way that they worked together. Especially, too, because they're siblings, there's nothing weird romantically. Right. Like, in your brain, you just know there's not going to be any weird romance because they are they're siblings. siblings. Um, so, yes. so, so, it also has Joan Cusack. Yes. Uh, did I, I said Mini Driver. I said, who else am I missing? Hank Azaria. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Hank and Azaria. you forgot about one main guy. Who? Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yeah. Dan Aykroyd playing in the least Dan Aykroyd role possible. Right. He's Dan a... Aykroyd playing a contract killer, dropping F-bombs like it's nobody's business. Right. Which is so funny to me in a good way. That's so not Dan Aykroyd, but he owned that role. It's a great, it's a good film. It's really, it was really fun. So, okay, so let's start the start of the movie. He's doing a job. Yes. He's up in a hotel room, and this one guy's about to shoot this other guy, and then John Cusack shoots him before he can shoot him. And then Dan Aykroyd pops out from behind, like, a pillar, and he shoots all the guys, and he shoots them a bunch. And John Cusack's all mad. And then Dan Aykroyd calls him, and Dan Aykroyd's like, hey, we're, oh, well, him and Joan Cusack have a bit of a dialogue, like, meh, 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 meh. And then Dan Aykroyd's like, we're trying to put a con, like a, a guild, I think is the wrong word, but like a, what is like, that word? They called it like a union. Yeah, a union. And John Cusack's like, no, lone gunman. Like, you don't get it. I work alone, blah, blah, blah. And the whole time, Joan Cusack's trying to get him to go to his 10-year high school reunion. He's like, I'm not going to go to that. That's garbage. Right. Um, he ends up going, uh, I don't remember why. Something, oh, because he gets another job. In the city. In the same city. And she's like, you have to go. And he's like, fine, whatever. So he gets the dossier. Never opens it. Never. Doesn't. He refuses to open it because he's not going to do this job. Blah, blah, blah. Because, oh, we're forgetting one of my favorite actors is in this movie. Alan Arkin. Love Alan Arkin. Again, as a not Alan Arkin role. The confused and scared psychiatrist is so not Alan Arkin. My, one of my favorite roles of Alan Arkins is Little Miss Sunshine. I love him in Little Miss Sunshine. Is he the grandpa? He's the grandpa. He's the grandpa. But the contrast of those characters, of like, where the grandpa's like, come on, you can do it, you're better than this, and you, you're amazing, and, and who cares what these other people say, and blah, 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 to this, like, please leave me alone. Like, you're threatening my life. Right, Please, exactly. please leave me. Like, there's this whole great scene of John Cusack and Alan Arkin, where John Cusack's treating him like a, like a psychologist, or a therapist, like... What should I do? What should I do? And he's like, you're not my patient. Like, you you have possibly threatened me. Right. I'm terrified. I'm not taking notes because you're not my patient. Right. But he still kind of helps him. And he goes, just don't kill. Don't kill anybody. Take a couple days. Don't kill anybody. And John Cusack goes, I'll give it a shot. And he's like, no. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, no. No shots. Don't take any shots. It's <laughs> good. And I thought, I thought that was good. Um, so then John Cusack comes home to, po- to a point. No, gross point. Gross point. I almost called it point blank. Yeah, he comes point. home to Gross Point, and he sees Minnie Driver in the window, and she's working at a radio, radio station. station. Yeah, she's a DJ. Uh, which is not how any radio station works, where you can just walk in two doors, and there's no soundproofing, and like... Right. As somebody who now does music stuff, and or not music, but like tech audio, I'm like, no, she would not be sitting in front of a giant window like that, because you would pick up every outside noise. Oh, 
didn't think about that. Yeah, um, which is, I mean, it's whatever. But But it's a movie. Yeah, it's it's not real. And then if you didn't have the giant window, you wouldn't have had the scene with Joan Cusack just staring at her. Mm. Yeah, like a creep. Kind of like a creeper with his sunglasses. Now, here's the thing. Yes. This movie is about John Cusack being a contract killer and blah, 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 blah. Yes, I get that. But what I really feel like this movie is about is John Cusack being 28 years old and not understanding what he's done with his life and not understanding what to do with his life coming up on his 10-year high school reunion where people are having babies and people are married and people are this and people are that and being so afraid of that. Like, it would have been a great movie... Sub the the contract killers. The contract Absolutely. killer stuff is fun. It makes it fun. But being a tw- <laughs> in a sad way. <laughs> yeah, but being twenty seven years old, coming up on my ten year high school reunion, I totally really, re- huh? Yeah, but I totally related with this character in that whole like, oh man, that's coming quick. Right. Oh man, look at all these other people I see on social media, and they're like, look at my ten babies, and look at my job. I'm the president. Like it's like, and I'm like over here, like I do a podcast with my mom, who is amazing. But you know what I mean, like right. where it's but like we're all different. Yeah, and but it's it, so to me that was so relatable. Yeah. Obviously, oh, I'm also a killer. Bing bing. Oh. So wait, I love we... I love that. Like I think three different times he introduces himself. Uh-huh. People ask what he does. He says contract killer, and they're just like, "Oh, okay." Oh, okay, I know. I thought that was funny too. I thought that was going to be a big twist, where like everybody is a killer or something. Where that's oh, yeah, like normal. No, it wasn't that? No, yeah. it was just everyone was like, "Sure, whatever, dude." So could you almost say that this mm-hmm. was for him, for the character, it was almost a coming of age movie because he kind of was kind of figuring yeah. out. Well, coming of age is such a weird thing because it usually refers to like teenagers becoming adults but this is like yeah him or a new path maybe yeah like uh, like i wouldn't say growing up because that's such a weird phrase but it's him kind of becoming like him understanding that hey time and i don't know it's weird because it's not like time to grow up and yes he's moving past this but like it's not like oh i'm a little immature baby it's just no it's just a new path yeah um so anyway so then sorry no it's fine he gets to Gross Point, and Hank Azaria and the guy from Series of Unfortunate Events. That's the only thing I know him from. The other cop is the uh, the the insurance guy from Series of Unfortunate Events, the Netflix series. Oh, okay, yeah. We, me and Alicia were watching. I was like, this guy looks so familiar. Like, who is this guy? And we looked it up, and she thought it was... I don't remember who she thought it was, but... I looked it up and I'm like, and the first picture is him and Neil Patrick Harris in series of unfortunate events. And I was like, there it is. There it is. That's um, good. Which is hilarious. That's great. But so then, uh, he, so then they're tailing him um, because Dan Aykroyd contracted them. And I believe it says it right out the gate, but I didn't, I might've catched, missed it, that they're government agents. They're not other yes. killers. No, they are. They're, they're just waiting for him to do something bad so they can catch him and they can be the good guys. There was yeah. that whole There's a whole dialogue scene. of yeah. like when he does something, we can't, if we kill him now, we're the bad guys. But if we kill him when he kills someone else, we're the good guys. Right. And the other guy was like, okay. Whatever. Um, and that, so John Cusack comes home to Gross Point. He's walking around. He's looking at everything. And he goes to his house. And it's like, <laughs> it's like a convenience store, which I love. I, I mean, I get I get it, but I love, like, the context that, like, someone's house could be demolished and this put a convenience store. Like, right in the middle of a neighborhood, did you yeah. notice? It was, like, just, like, <laughs> Yeah, that, like, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. No, and it um, wouldn't really happen. But no, but I, I loved it, and I loved the context, because he kind of runs in, and you're not really sure what's going on, because uh-huh. he runs in, and he's just, like, accosting this kid, and I'm like, is this kid the target? Like, what's going on? He's, like, accosting him, and he's yelling at him, and he's like, why are you here? Why are you here? How long have you worked here? And the guy's like, please, like, I don't get it. Um, and then he calls, does he call Joan Cusack? And she's like, yeah, it's a, it's a quickie martyr, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. Convenient. It's a, it's blank name convenience store. So then, uh, he's walking around and he sees this guy that kind of looks at him weird and he kind of looks at that guy weird. And did you notice that the guy goes for his, uh, after the, after John Cusack walks past him, the guy goes for his belt. And I legitimately thought something was about to happen. Oh, okay. And then he, then he quickly notices Hank Azaria and the other guy standing across the street, and the scene just kept going. Huh. And I was like... Oh. Well, I was kind of like, what happened with the other guy? Like, he just kind of was like, am I about to? Nope. All right. Um, which was which happened a lot. Uh, they th- all thought they were about to do something, and then no. Right. So then John Cusack goes, and he, like, 
tries to get Minnie Driver back, and we find out that 10 years ago he didn't show up for prom. He just kind of left. And she was in a $700 prom dress. That's expensive, right? A $700 dress. I don't know how much prom dresses usually okay, are. I'm 27 so, years old. Well, um... When I th- you were a kid, they were a nickel. <laughs> no, I was going to say... You fashioned them out of a barrel. No, I no, I did not. Um, mine was probably... I went two years to my prom. Two my, years ago? No, 83 and 84, and we didn't have a prom because I went to a private Christian school, so we had a banquet. And, and then uh, Kevin Bacon came in and taught everyone how to dance. No, and I, I don't think my dress was even... Each, each dress, because I had two different dresses for two different places... It wasn't even a hundred dollars each. Cheap. Well, no, <laughs> no, because you buy what you can afford, right? Don't don't make me feel bad. There. Don't make me feel bad after I say that joke. There you go. So seven hundred dollars is a lot. Okay. Okay. Let me just put this into perspective. In nineteen eighty nine, my wedding dress wasn't even seven hundred dollars. Hmm. No, my wedding dress was beautiful. That's my <laughs> point. Is for a prom dress to be seven hundred dollars, that's a lot. Okay. Well, I I actually do feel like that's a bit of foreshadowing. Okay. Because, I mean, we find out the the contract that John Cusack got that he keeps putting off. <gasps> it's Minnie Driver's dad. Yes. Um. Who I love that actor. He's a great character I actor. Know who he was. Oh, he's um, been in a ton of character stuff. But it kind of they kind of make a few references. Okay. To his job, like with with him being able to afford a seven hundred prom dress and the house being huge and her house being huge and right. like. It's kind of like, yeah, he's got money, but where's it coming from? Right. Um, so then he has this whole dialogue with Minnie Driver, and she makes him talk to him live on the air. I love that. It was so good. And they're getting calls like, I think you should leave him. I think you should blah, 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 dump him. And then Hank Azaria calls him. He's like, we know why you're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and John Cusack's like terrified. Minnie Driver's like, whatever, dork. Like, And she kind of hangs it up and then goes to the next call and blah, blah, blah. Then he like, then, then does he meet with... Dan Aykroyd in the... Kind of. Approximately, yeah. So then, I loved this scene. He's in the diner. The diner scene, yeah. And Hank Azaria and the other guy are watching him from across the street. Oh, no, he meets Jeremy Piven again. He's walking away and he meet, and he sees Jeremy yes. Piven and Jeremy Piven's like, I'm a real estate agent, blah, blah, blah. And he goes and does a house tour with Jeremy Piven and blah, 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 and whatever. And then Jeremy Piven gets him an apartment, I think. No, he's staying at the hotel. At a hotel. Oh, because Jeremy Piven, like, pitches him. He's like, I don't normally, like, pitch to my friends or whatever. And I was like, and then we kind of see him in a room. And I was like, oh, did he get an apartment? No, it's a... I think he was just pitching, and I don't think it went in. And maybe there were scenes that they cut out. It was just dialogue, yeah. Yeah, it was just dialogue. But so, so Jeremy Piven, so he does that, and he's like, oh, okay, bye. And so then, um, what happens? Oh, so then we see him go to the diner, and then Dan Aykroyd pulls up to the diner, and Dan Aykroyd has a brown paper bag. Yes. And uh, Hank Azaria's like, oh, he's brown bagging it. And he walks in the diner, and they both kind of like look at each other. Yes. And Dan Aykroyd is aiming the paper bag at John Cusack. Yes. And John Cusack, the best part is John Cusack cocks his ankle. Yes. Like, oops, I kicked the uh, table here. So John C- he walks in, and John Cusack, you, you see him physically just kind of cock his ankle. I love it. Yeah, uh, I loved. Great. I like. I laughed pretty hard at that because he just kind of pulls it back, and uh, then they're sitting there talking, and they have the guns at each other, and they're ordering, and the lady's like, "What are you having?" And she like kept, tells them the special, and they're like goofy, just stupid like puns. Not, yeah, and then she's and like, the two nah, guys nah, are nah. just staring at each other, really not and, even listening. And they order, but neither of them break eye contact with each other. Like Dan Aykroyd's like, "I want this, and I want you to scrape the white stuff off the eggs, and I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and I want this, and I want this," and then. John Cusack orders an omelet with nothing but egg, and she goes, well, that's not really an omelet. And he, he kind of looks up at her, he's like, I don't care for semantics, I just want that. I just, I just want need the, the protein. I just want the protein. And she's like, okay, and she, like, walks away. And then they have a little bit of a dialogue, and then, like, something happens, and then John Cusack kind of runs out, and he kind of pushes past the lady, and they both kind of, like, aim the guns at each other, but no one ever sees the guns, and then he leaves. And then... He kind of has things going with Minnie Driver again. and Can we just talk about Minnie Driver? Yeah, what about her? Did you notice that... Okay, so she was t- talking in an American accent. That's not a real word. She's British, yeah. Yeah. Did you did you hear it a couple times? Yeah. Now, I caught it where it slipped a few times. Yeah, totally. Now, what I was going to check, and I didn't check, 
This was before Goodwill Hunting, yes? Um, um, she just looks younger to me. Like she's got more of a child face? Yeah, yeah, just younger. So Goodwill Hunting came out. Ninety. They're both 97, so it'd be like... Oh, uh, wow. Well, I think that's just like... It could have just been her hair or whatever. Yeah, which is weird too, because she's supposed to look older in this movie, hypothetically, right? Uh, yeah, cause because she's supposed, she's supposed to be twenty eight minimum, and in that movie she's supposed to be early twenties. Yeah, she's in college. Um, yeah, so maybe that's just what. Anyway, but I could hear it slip a few times when she, uh, not what is that word? When she like, ah, exclaimed. Yeah, you could hear you it could in, hear in, it ex- in the way exclamations. She... Um, so then uh, he keeps putting the job off, and Joan Cusack keeps calling him, be like, okay, I'll come back tomorrow, right after you put the job off, and blah 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 blah, and he's like, I'm not putting. Oh. We missed this whole thing with his mom. He yeah, went, he went that's and saw his small. mom. Yeah, he went and saw his mom. His mom has mental stuff going on, like Alzheimer's or dementia or something like that. And so it's really sad. It is very sad. Because she kind of remembers him when he first comes in and he's trying to talk to her and she just is on another plane. Right. She's just saying things that aren't really connecting. And then when he's about to leave, he get he kind of gets her attention again and she's like, oh, who are you? Right, that was really sad. And then uh, she kind of went off on something else. Yeah, well, she says, like, oh, you're you're very handsome or something, and blah, blah, and then, you know, he leaves and whatever. Um, then he goes back to the cookie mart or the convenience store or whatever, yeah. <laughs> and the guy who was at the register is playing Doom 2, and he's listening to uh, Ace of Spades on his, like, Walkman. He's like, Doom, and he doesn't even notice John Cusack. Nope. So John Cusack's looking around, he kind of takes some gum, and then that other guy comes in, who actually is John... So he's actually John Cusack's uh, stunt guy. Not like he does the stunts, but he trains John Cusack. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, if you look at his filmography, because I was you know, I was looking stuff up about this movie, he does stunt work on all of John Cusack's movies. Oh, that's cool. Good so for So he him. like trains John Cusack to fight and blah, blah, blah. So I thought that was kind of fun that he was like the guy that John Cusack's fighting. But so then... so John, And all of a sudden... These two guys are shooting at each other in this convenience store. Yes. And the kid is still just playing there, playing Doom. He can't hear it because he's listening to Ace of Spades and he's jamming out to Motorhead and he's like, and he's playing Doom and it's just, everything is loud. And they're just, I mean, this convenience store is destroyed. Yes. Well, then the guy eventually gets away. And then John Cusack's like hiding and he sees and he looks and there's a bomb in the microwave. Yes. And John Cusack kind of runs out and he runs past the guy and the guy's like, hey man, what the heck? And then he comes back and he grabs the kid and he runs out with the kid and he lays on the lawn. like, And the, well, they kind of get blasted on the lawn from the explosion. And they're like, oh man, crazy, crazy. And John Cusack looks at the kid and goes, hey, are you all right? <laughs> and he goes, of course I'm not all right, man. Some, some, some. And now I got to look for another job. Like that was like his thing. Like, yeah. you know, like it was like whatever about the I'm stuff. hurt. I'm something else. I'm and now terrified. I need a new job. And now, yeah. And then that was kind of the end of the convenience store. Um, but I loved that. So then, which is also funny because, okay, the cops are tailing him the whole time. Yes. They don't see that? Right. <laughs> like, I know, where, I where are they? Too, like, Hell. Well, yeah. They were just waiting for him to make a mistake. I mean, he opened, a, he yeah, shot a firearm in a, that's like, true. in public. That's uh, That's, that's true. illegal. They could have just capped him right there. They could have, but um, they didn't. Because the movie would have been over. <laughs> it would have been really funny. It would not like funny, but it's like, there would be no resolution. It's just like, oh, he opened fire. Bang, 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 done. Yeah, 30-minute movie. Um, so then he, he goes and does uh, kind of datey things with Minnie Driver, and he goes to dinner with her. Yes. And then he goes to the bathroom. Yes. And the two cops are in the bathroom. Yes. And he kind of like, he starts kind of having a dialogue with them about like, you know, I'm unsure and blah, blah. He goes, hey, so I'm going to be here for a little bit, then I'm going to drive back, and then I'm going to go to the hotel. I'll see you guys there. Exactly. So then he knows that they know that he knows. Mm-hmm. And then he had the, uh, well, I think somewhere in between this he had, uh, his. I say his sister, but I just mean Joan. He had Joan Cusack look up. Um, Everybody. The guy that, with the guns, the, the guys that are tailing him and blah, 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 blah. I actually think that happened before the omelet thing because he didn't know that Dan yes. Ackroyd was. But so he, he knows that these guys are tailing him. Absolutely. And, and he even knows all about him. Yeah, he knows everything. Because she found out all, everything about him. So then he decides eventually that he's just gonna he's done with his killing thing. He's not going to do it anymore. So Joan Cusack is torching the... Uh, she's, her scene is great. She's like pouring gasoline and singing to herself all over the thing. And uh, then she's like smashing the computer with a sledgehammer. And she kind of just throws it into his office. 
And then, so then we get to the thing and, and what is that called? The reunion? He decides yes. not to bring his gun. Right. And I was like, ooh. Bring your gun. Bring I was thinking the gun. same thing. Bring your gun. So I, I thought this movie was going to end one way and it didn't, thankfully. I mean, like. Right. I knew it wouldn't, but I was like, what if, like, she dies and he couldn't have saved her because he didn't have his gun? Right. And but it, did. it but, didn't. But he was late to pick her up. He was late. And so she thought he stood her up again. Yeah, and he didn't. He, he showed didn't. up. With roses. With And he kind of chucked them at her. And she caught them. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder how many scenes they had to yeah, do Yeah, that. That, that wasn't a first take. Um, And then, well, then we get introduced to the dad again. Right. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. And... and he says, oh, how was work? And they kind of have this weird, strange dialogue about work. And then he leaves. Uh, and then they go to the reunion. And we get introduced to all these old people they used to know. And blah, 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 blah. And how great they are. And whatever. And then, like, John Cusack. Okay. Pause. The soundtrack, though, on this movie? Amazing. Oh, my gosh. You got under pressure. You got... Take uh, on me. Take Did you on hear me. it as they walked you got, in? Uh, let my love open the door. As he's looking at the baby. I know. <laughs> the baby's like, oh. Yeah, and, and you got 99 Luft Balloons by Nina. Nina? Something. Whatever. And um, Blister in the Sun by Violent Femmes. On the tail and the front end. Love it. Um, such a good sound. I mean, phenomenal soundtrack. soundtrack. Like, yeah, phenomenal really, soundtrack. really good. So they're, they're at the... Although, did you notice what was going on with Under Pressure during the... Uh, Not really. They, like, cut out any time it said Under Pressure... If you watch the scenes again, the scene again where Under Pressure is playing, uh-huh. it's not right. They're, they edited it for some reason. It's huh. very strange because huh. I was like singing along to it and then it would like, it would skip to another part and I'm like, what? Huh, I have to watch that part again. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. I don't get why and I, maybe it was pacing or whatever, but it was just, it was bizarre. Huh. Um, so then they're at the reunion and she says like, oh, I don't know about this. And he says... I should have brought my gun. And she's like, what? And he's like, I, I sh- it should be a lot of fun. Right. I'm like, okay. So then he goes in, and they're kind of having a fun time, but not really, because it's kind of lame, and everything's and lame. most people are drunk. And yeah, and they're like, what is the point? Like, there is no point. Then the guy from the convenience store, the killer, shows up, and he's like, I am Sidney... Feldman. Yeah, or whatever. And she's like, oh, wow. Um. <laughs> so he goes in, and then, like... There's this whole thing with uh, John Cusack and Main Driver, and they're gonna like kiss in the nurse's office. Nurse's office, and then they don't. I think they do. Oh, I thought they like left. I no, I, think I think I had to like look, go to. I had to go do something really quick, and then I came back in the yeah, room. Yeah, no, and... I think that they left because they were done. Oh, I don't remember. Because then I came back, and he's in the hall with Michael Cudlitz, and Michael Cudlitz is like, "You're dumb." He's like, "You don't think I'm dumb?" <laughs> like, yeah, it's ten not years. Me. It's yeah. not me. Like, we have nothing. Like, and then, so then, and she's, like, in the hallway, like, oh, And then he goes up, and he goes into his locker. It's, like, his locker. From, yeah. And he finds, like, a 10-year-old joint. Yeah. And he, like, snaps it, and he kind of laughs. And then the guy comes in, and he starts fighting him, and he tries to kill him. And then John Cusack kills him with the pen. <clears throat> but he, with the pen that he got from the real estate guy, or some other. Lawyer or something. Some yeah. other guy. And then the driver walks up, and she's, like, oh, my gosh, you're a killer. And then Jeremy Piven, who's on his way up there anyway, he comes up and he helps John Cusack take care of the body and wrap it up and then they throw which it is, in. Yeah, which is so funny because Minnie Driver was so like freaked out. Jeremy Piven's like, what do you need me to do? Yeah, but it, it's it's so funny because it's such a Jeremy Piven thing to be like, right. what, what? No, I was just going to say a little plug. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Piven has a new show, Sunday Nights. I really like it. It was so good. Please don't laugh at me. Okay. It's called, <clears throat> sorry, it's called Wisdom of the Crowd, and it is really good. Yeah. I look forward to Sunday what, nights when? at 8 o'clock, because it's good. <laughs> it, it's a good show. What network is it on, Mom? You say it's on Sunday nights at 8 o'clock. CBS. Yeah, how much you pay for that plug? Nothing. I really like it. You're going to split that profit with me, right? No, but Jeremy Pivens could come on our show. Piven. Just one. There's oh, only one of them. Sorry. Well, Jeremy Piven st- and his clone, Jeremy Piven. <laughs> he can go. Okay, so keep going. I just wanted to say that because no. you don't watch television. Wait, what were you saying? Thursday nights, 9 o'clock, Big Bang Theory, CBS, check it out. <laughs> no. Followed by everyone's favorite new comedy, Young Sheldon. No. What a great okay. suggestion, Mom. No, go back. Oh, my wallet just got bigger. No, it didn't. <laughs> um, go back. No, I just wanted to say, Jeremy Piven 
It has a new show. Just want to say. Young Sheldon, CBS. No. Okay, go ahead. Wisdom of the crowd. Okay, go. <laughs> Keep talking. So, Jeremy Piven and John Cusack are so getting they, rid they, of the they, body. They throw the body in the fire. It was kind of gross. It's kind of funny. Okay. It was, that whole thing with them well, was kind of funny. To, yeah, because yeah, you knew, honestly, that it wasn't a body. Because no, of course not. It was like all really, really stiff. Again, very visual. It's Perfect, funny. Mom. Um, <laughs> I do that every time. I'm sorry. But so, yeah, it, but it, yeah, it's, it's very stiff and like whatever. Um, but I loved that. So then they throw, and then he's trying to find, uh, what's her name, Mini Driver again, and he can't find her anywhere. And then, just, wait, where is she? I don't, I think she just went, I think she went home. Right, but how did he get back to the house? I don't remember. Oh, she, he went back to his hotel, and she showed up at the hotel. Yes. And he explained everything, and she was like, meh. And then she left. I'm sorry, she was like, what? Meh. I don't know what that is. That she was like, no, you're yucky. Okay, and now somebody else is doing visuals over here. Okay, well, whatever. And so then, so then she leaves. Okay. And then he opens the dossier. It's like the next day, I guess, or right. whatever. And he and it's the dad. And then, uh, what's his name? Dan Aykroyd's about to shoot the dad because he's, he's running. running down the street, and Dan Aykroyd's just in the middle of the street in a sideways van with the thing open with a sniper rifle hanging out. Right. And the dad's just like, "That's a normal thing to see." Yeah, I'm jogging. Um, and then John Cusack rolls up and kind of screeches in front of him and saves him, and they drive off to Minnie Driver's house, and they're being followed by the van. And they get in, and John Cusack's talking to her this whole... Like, when they get there, he explains, and John Cusack's talking to her this whole time like nothing's going on. Right. He's like, look, I'm sorry that this, and I and I love you, and blah, 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 stay here. And he's like, blah, 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 And then he shoots a bunch of guys, and he's like, all right, and now, okay, come up here, and, and I just, I want this to work, and, you know, I'm, this might be a little sudden, but will you marry me? And she, like, he, like, gives her this gun, and then he, like, closes the door, and, or, and the dad's like, got my blessing, and then, like, <laughs> right. But, so then him and all these guys have this big shootout, and then the cops kick in the door, and they're like, police, well, it's just Dan Aykroyd and John Cusack, left. Yes. and the cops come in, they're like, police, and they're like, bang, bang, bang. bang, bang. That was, like, a two-second shot. <laughs> There's yeah, well, and then, yeah, John Cusack and Dan Aykroyd both just, like, destroy them, because they're like, we're useless, bang. And then uh, they're both out of bullets, and except for Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd has, like, two guns or something. Dan Aykroyd's like, I'll sell you a piece for blah, blah, blah. And so he goes to give him the gun, and John Cusack grabs a TV and slams it on Dan Aykroyd. Well, you know the best part, right? Oh. It electrocuted Dan Aykroyd. Yes. What How? Is... I don't know. It would have unplugged by the time it got to Dan Aykroyd's head. Maybe it had extra electricity left over. Like, I don't know. Because it even it makes gross. like a zzz, and yeah. then like he twitches on the ground. I'm like, that's not... I mean, if he's twitching, it's it's just from like head trauma. Right. It's not from like, I am electrocuted, buzz, 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 because it's right. like... Right, it's the not TV's, plugged in. That was what point. Alicia pointed out too. She's like, it's not plugged into anything. Oh, see, I didn't even catch it. Well, it has to be unplugged because... Right, he pulled... Yeah, I know. That um, was gross. Then... then uh, What's her name? Minnie Driver and John Cusack are like, ha ha, and they're happy and they drive off. The end. The end. Okay. It was good. It was really good. I, I mean, I genuinely feel like that whole, the whole killing metaphor is totally a sub, like a, not a subplot. It's a, um, it's a metaphor. Sure. Dude disappears for 10 years. The whole time everyone's like, where did you go? You literally disappeared. We have no, no one knew where you were. No one knew what you did. You just vanished. Like what happened to you? And I really feel like that's totally, like, that could be a metaphor. This whole thing could be a metaphor right. for, like, well, he's not really a killer. I mean, yes, in the, the the world of the movie, he's a killer. But if you looked at, like, a book, the, it'd be like, oh, well, the author was writing this as a metaphor. The author really meant this. But it's like, the character really was, you know what I mean? The right. character really was killing people. But, right. Um, but I, I liked that. I really, because I think as someone who is that age, it's kind of, that's, I feel like it's where a lot of us feel, where it's just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And these people I haven't seen in 10 years, I don't want to see them again. Right. Sorry if you listen to my podcast and I went to high school with you. If you do, hey, more props to you. But uh, it's, it, you know what I mean? It's like, I 10 don't, years is a long time. I don't really have any interest in seeing, because that's what's telling me. So she's like, oh, well, are you going to go to yours? I'm like, no. I have no interest I in seeing I never went that. to any of mine. Because none of those people care. And right. not in a bad way. Right. None of those people care what happened to me. Because I was not like, look at me, I'm a football man. Like, you know what I mean? I was right. just, I went to high school because I, 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 that was what you did. And I did my things. I still keep in contact with my friends that I went to high school with. 
Everyone else was just a human being. Right. It was just a body. Right. They didn't matter. Right. And not in a bad way, but right. I didn't matter to them either. And, and that, it just... That's what happens, too, with yeah. high school. It's so big. Yeah, who sometimes. Cares? Like, right. who, who re- like, to me, oh, high school's amazing. It, it's whatever. It's school. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's school. All right, um, so how would you rank this movie? Hmm. This is a hard one. Because, I, now it's good. But is it rewatch good? Would I re- would I would I go rewatch it like in the same week or even in the same month? Mm. Maybe 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 not. Um, I'm gonna say buy it because this is one of the, I feel like when you say John Cusack movie, not the first one to come to your head. No, we need to do a John Cusack episode. I would totally well, based on the way Hollywood is going, I hope we can do a John Cusack episode, but. No, I, there's nothing wrong about John Cusack. Oh. No, I just, with all these other, like, and yeah. this person's horrible, and that person's horrible. It's like, oh. we're running out of people to be good. Um, but that's okay. But yeah, but let's do, like, can I we do a t- John Cusack episode? We can episode? totally do a John Cusack episode. Because I have, I have a couple that I want you to watch. <laughs> and I got nothing. Oh, actually, I have one. Okay. Um, but, you know what's actually interesting is what? this was the film debut of Jenna Elfman. Do you remember Jenna Elfman in this movie? Yeah, she was. The lady in the brace. Yeah, that's funny. Um... It, it kind of made me laugh a little bit because Joan Cusack was in Weird... No, it wasn't Weird Science. Yeah, it was Pretty in Pink or... Six, no, Sixteen Candles. And she was in Sixteen Candles and she played a girl in a brace. And she was trying to get water and she couldn't bend. So when I saw Jenna Elfman, it was kind of like, oh, it kind of reminds me of Joan totally. Cusack's episode. All so. right. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about Mom's movie. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yay! (laughs) All right, we're back uh, with Mom's movie, which was... Planes, Trains, and Automobiles from 1987, starring Steve Martin, John Candy. Directed by John John Hughes, Hughes, who has passed away. You know this is John Hughes' first movie that wasn't about teenagers? Huh, it's good. It's phenomenal. No, it's good. <laughs> Wrong. Okay, so let's talk about it. So there's, I'm not going to remember maybe the characters' names. Oh, no, I will. Steve Martin plays Neil. Neil Page. Neil, thank you. Ruben's going to help me because Ruben loves this movie oh, way this movie. more than this me. This movie's so good. This movie's fine. Um, sorry, Chris Gethard. And anyway, so Neil is like an account executive or he's something. He's boring. He's boring. He is Neil is boring. Boring and dull and not very nice. It's kind of grumpy. He's but kind of a jerk. But like, not in a... This is going to sound weird. Not in a bad way. Right. Because he's not horrible. He's not a... But he's not a bad person. He no, never he's not does, a bully or anything. He's no, just but he's grouchy not, in his own little place. He's grumpy. Yeah. He's not like a thief or... You know what I mean? He's right. not like trying to cut a deal. Like No, 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 no. He's, he's not dishonest or bad. He's just... He's just grumpy. Cross. Yeah. The, the first scene, I cracked me up. Him and Kevin Bacon trying to fight for a taxi. So, Steve Martin has finished a pitch. Has to get to... I think they're in New York. Are they in New York? They're somewhere. Has to get to Chicago for Thanksgiving with his family. And it's just... You know, he's just trying to get there and it's pushing and he's fighting people with cabs and he's just trying and he's trying it. I love the cab scene. It's just awful. And then so he, he and this guy, are try, the guy gets a cab and Steve Martin says, I'll give you some money. And then the guy's trying to get, get more, 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 more money. money. And then all of a sudden this trunk flies into the taxi and it goes up. So that guy stole this, some guy, some random guy right now that we don't know who it is yet. So earlier he actually, though, when Steve Martin was racing Kevin Bacon for the tag, yeah. the taxi, did you see what Steve Martin tripped on? Oh, put that, it together. That trunk. The trunk. And then as this guy's trying to swindle Steve Martin out of the taxi, Here goes someone the else takes the taxi. Not stealing it, but just like, hey, an open, unused taxi. Hello, so, I'll take it. Yeah. So they get to, he gets to the airport. He gets on the plane finally. No, he doesn't, doesn't get, get on, on the plane, plane yet. He gets to the airport and he sits, he's sitting across from him in the waiting area. Oh, yeah. And here's Dell, played by John Candy. Um, and He's just talking and talking and talking. Well, the best part is they're looking at each other. Yes. And Dell's reading some like some kind of like naughty book, and he's kind of looking. He looks up, and then Steve Martin kind of looks at him and like recognizes him, and then well, and and earlier Steve Martin's chasing the taxi. Yes. And he goes, "You stole my cab!" And he sees. Oh yeah, that face. (laughs) Well, so he looks at him and he's kind of trying to recognize him, and we see it from Steve Martin's perspective, and you see John Candy, ooh, doing the face again. 
but what they did for that shot is they brought a taxi door inside the airport like <laughs> they scene. So it, it's not like superimposed or whatever. That's a real taxi door, and they recreated that shot That's to funny. kind of get that like how he's remembering it thing, That's which funny. I love that. Yeah, it was good. So then they're talking, and he's Dell's just talking <laughs> and talking, and I think. For me, I'm already... So I saw this originally in 1987. But, so watching it again, I was already feeling sorry for Dell. He's really <laughs> lonely. I felt bad for him. How can him. you tell? He's just talkative. He's just like you. Aww. <laughs> but, so Dell is a shower curtain, curtain ring. ring salesman. And that's what he does for a living. I don't think people really do that for a living anymore, but there you go. So... Then they get on the plane, and then there's a seat issue. Steve Martin's all grumpy again, big surprise, because he's not in first class. He's in coach, and who's he sitting next to? <laughs> he's sitting next to Dell, John Candy, oh. who's talking again, talking just, and talking oh. and talking. Well, I just, I love the, like, because then John Candy's talking about, like, I can't understand when some idiot doesn't get it when to just shut up. Right, and when just he just keeps going to stop, too. and it, and he's like, oh, and then he takes his shoes off. Oh right, ooh! But they don't even do like a ooh smelly. <laughs> it's just like Steve Martin's just so like, please don't take your shoes off. Like, please, like, why, why, why are you doing this? Like, and then like they're on the plane, and and this old man is next to Steve Martin, and he's falling asleep on Steve Martin, and then John Candy's falling asleep on Steve Martin, and John Candy kind of like wakes up for a second. He's like. I'll bet you five bucks or whatever that we don't even land in Chicago and then kind of falls back asleep and... They don't. They end up somewhere else in Kansas or somewhere. Wichita. Wichita. Wichita, Kansas. That's Kansas, I think. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just saying I remember that. Wichita. So then they get there. Okay. Then, big surprise, there are no airplanes, nothing. It's clo You can't get anywhere. So then... Steve Martin's trying to figure stuff out. There are no hotels. Nothing's going right. Everything is wrong. And John Candy's like, hey, I got a friend. He had, John Candy has lots of friends. Hey, I got a friend. I'll, um, I can get you a room. Well, surprise, surprise, there is, there's only one room he has to share with John Candy. And, um, so, yeah. And so Steve Martin's trying to take a shower. He gets out of the shower. The bathroom is trashed. The bathroom is trash. There is John Candy stuff everywhere. He has used all the towels. Steve Martin is trying to dry with like a face towel and stuff. And then he gets in the bed and I don't know, John Candy was using the massage bed. And, the... Well, and they even make references to stuff we don't see on screen, which is right. great. Yeah. Because it, it kind of implies there's more going on than like, like he talks about, sorry about it, I spilled all the beer cans. It's like, you put beer cans on a massage bed. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Right. And then, um... It just it just went from bad to worse. It just he snored, things were going on. It just oh, and then he started clearing his sinuses. It was just bad. Well, and then yeah, so Steve Martin kind of gets up and screams at him. Right. Yeah, and, totally. And I was like, wow, this is a pretty big emotional rant at twenty eight minutes into the film. So that's the big deal is that they took the climax, the, right. the big like the build up, the build up, and put it at the twenty eight, not the hour and twenty eight. Does right, that exactly, make sense? Exactly, because that so, would have been the perfect ending. And, like, but they did and it so kinda, early. Yeah. Yeah. So Steve Martin is going off, and then oh, this is what made me I so sad. I pulled up John Candy's speech because I love this. I was wondering what you were doing over yeah. there. So, uh, so Steve Martin's like, you're dumb and you're stupid, and blah, 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 blah. And John Candy says the perfect, I mean, it's perfect. He says, you want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I, I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. You, what you see is what you get. And it's like, oof. Yeah, and Steve Martin was going to leave and then he feels bad. Because you could tell that he knows that John Candy's right. Yeah. So... I'm not going to go over every single misadventure that happens. But <laughs> there's some good ones. There's though. so many good ones. Um, so let's see. The train. So they find, let's see. We did the plane, and that was kind of crazy. And then, um, and if I skip something you want to talk about, we can. Yeah, yeah. The train. It's good. We're going to get home. We're going to get home. We're going to do it. And just kidding. <laughs> the train just. They say goodbye to each other. Yes. 
Because Steve Martin's like, you know, I think we'll do better if we're by ourselves. I'll see you later. And John Candy's like, okay. I just, John Candy is so sad. I felt so bad for him the whole time. And Steve Martin is just a butt. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No. I wanted to poke him a couple of times. Don't be a butt. <laughs> John Candy. Yes. Is a, this is my thing. Kay. John Candy is an extrovert. Yes. Steve Martin is an introvert. Steve Martin doesn't want to doesn't want to have a big thing. Steve Martin's like me. Oh yeah, like he can be that woohoo. But sometimes I just not really talkative. I'm not. I don't really want to be like Ruben all the. You know what I mean? Right. Like I. I so, just... but bottom line is, Jan, John Candy's lonely. Yeah. And he that's just... what makes me. I think that's because you could see it as the movie progressed. And I won't. I'm gonna get to the we'll end. Get to there. But yeah. So then, so the train just. And they're like, okay, well, the freeway, the freeway's the, that way. The highway's a mile. Walk to it, and here John Candy's got his big old trunk. His he's dragging big trunk it. by himself. Boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, ba. And Steve Martin picks it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then they've done the train, and then they go. I'm trying to think where they go next. I don't remember. Do they go back to the to the airport? Yeah. And then then they separate again. Mm-hmm. And Steve Martin gets a car. Well, he thinks he gets a car. <laughs> he gets a car. He's got his paper. The bus drops him off. It's V5. So he's walking. Life is good. I'm going to get home to my family. And there's no car on the spot. He runs. What cracks me up is Steve Martin has a Steve Martin character run that every single character that he's ever done has this run. Now, I don't know if he was out running. Would he really run like that? But it's this floppy arm, floopy head, you know, head is up, mouth is open, crazy You run. know who he reminds me of? Who? A human embodiment of Kermit the Frog. You know what? I could see that. Yeah, it's just kind of... It's but very, just in general. Like, his very, like... Right. Oh. Yeah, floppy. So, then he has to go... Back to the car rental agency in the airport. It takes, he falls down a hill. When he gets there, you see that scene, but then you see him at the car rental desk. He is disheveled. He is dirty. He is yucky. And who is at the desk is a cute little... Edie McClure. I love her. She's great. I love her. She's always perky and cute. She does a, doesn't she do a lot of voiceover stuff yes. too? Um, so then she's like, hi, how can I help you? Okay, you know I'm not a huge fan of the F word because I don't think we need it. But, oh my goodness, he goes into a one minute because it actually told me on my Amazon Prime that it went for one minute. He puts the F word in every other word and because he, he's upset and I get it. And I think, <laughs> I, I, I hate to say this, but I really liked the scene because I think inside, I'm not saying we all say F words, but we all get so angry sometimes because that's life, but we don't express it. Boy, he did. He just let it all out. And it was, I'm sorry, but it was funny. And it was really at that point of the movie, it was exactly, again, another point, exactly where it needed to be. So then he gets a car. Well. Well, and then, so he's all, and she goes, well, do you have your rental agreement? He's like, no, I shredded it. And And she goes, well, you're effed. Yep. And and he's like, and he's all mad. So then he goes out to the cab thing, and he says, I need a cab to Chicago. And he's still grumpy. you you, You would figure out, you would think that he would have figured out that the grumpiness was not working. Okay. So then he gets kind of mouthy with the cab driver. I mean, the cab pointer guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what his yeah. name is. I'm sure there's an official name for that guy, but I we're going to call mean. him the cab pointer guy. Um, so the cab pointer guy punches him in the mouth, and poof, he falls down, and he almost gets hit in the co- hit by a car, and who's driving it? Dell. Dell. You see what kind of car it was, too? Some, like, wasn't it? I know. It's modeled to look like the car from National Lampoon's Vacation, just as like a fun little... Oh, I just noticed it was green and had paneling. Like there the car from go. National oh, Lampoon. I don't think I've ever seen those. That's fine. Yeah. So, okay, here comes one of my favorite scenes. So, they're driving. They're going to drive to Chicago and all this stuff. <laughs> I love this. And then Steve Martin is sleeping, which, hello, he sleeps really well. So, first of all, the first part of the scene that I love is... Um, Ray Charles' The Mess Around is a great, I don't know if it's a naughty song or not, but it is a great song. And so John Candy is playing the keyboards and doing all that stuff. And doing the and, saxophone. Yeah, he's just rocking out, going all through. There's no one on the highway. He is just going all over. And Steve Martin still sleeps. And then 
he gets his jacket stuck. And so he's like trying to take off his parka and it's stuck and he's trying to drive and then, oh, the other arm gets stuck. And so he has like, no arms. No arms. He's like, uh, uh, and he's again. using his knees. Yeah, and again, flying across the freeway and Steve Martin sleeps. Uh, uh, uh. So they finally, he gets it off, everything. Oh, no, something happens. Oh, they do the flip. He does like a, a big old spin woo, woo, woo. and he's right. screaming. And he's like, ah, and then the car stops. Right. And then, like, uh, Steve Martin kind of wakes up. He's like, what happened? He goes, oh, we almost hit a deer. <laughs> like, Right. And then, well, and, and kind of what you, what kind of foreshadow or whatever, John Candy is smoking. And then he throws it out the window. But what they don't know is it went in, in the back. back seat. So then all is well. They're driving again. Everything is good. And John Candy accidentally is driving the wrong way on the freeway. So, and this car is on the other side going, you're going the wrong way. John Candy's like, you're drunk. <laughs> well, well, the best part is, is Steve Martin's kind of waking up to this and he sees the other car. John Candy's like, oh, this guy wants to race, blah, blah. And then they're like, roll the window down. And Steve Martin rolls it down and they're going, you're going the wrong way. And Steve Martin looks at John Candy because he says we're going the wrong way. And John Candy's instant response is, it's ridiculous. How does he know where we're going? <laughs> It was good. So he's going the wrong way. Well, in the yeah, then he does the drunk thing. Yeah, and like, it's so funny. So then, come to find out, there are two semis. There's been no freeway traffic at all. Two semis. Two semis. So then, and they they drive through the two semis yes, and get smooshed all the way. But and then like it does this like flash of like there's a skeleton in Neil's clothes. Yeah. And there's a skeleton in Dell's clothes and it has Dell's mustache. It's good. And then like. We see it from Neil's perspective, and they're doing all the sparks, and it's Dell. It's John Candy dressed as the devil. Yes. And he's, like, laughing. He's like, ah, And so then they get it, and then they, like, stop after the semis, and the Dell's trunk flies out of the back. Yes. Yes. And then, um, well, and then Steve Martin just starts laughing, because he's like, this is crazy. I can't believe this happened. Good luck on getting your money back, you know? And then he's like, wait a minute. You don't have a credit card. Come to find out, John Candy borrowed Steve Martin's. Earlier, uh, remember when they were at the hotel and they were getting yes. the room? They both had identical cards. Got it. John Candy. Got uh, Steve Martin's by accident? Yeah. So, and then he's like, he's like, well, give it back to me or something. He's like, no, I gave it to you. I put it in your wallet. And which the wallet was... was in the glove box. And then all of a sudden, poof, there's that cigarette that just lit up the car. It was on fire. So... I can't remember. There was a couple of different... They're then driving the car still. Oh, yeah. They're still driving the car. So, was there anything major then that happened? Because then a few things, and then, then they finally... Go, they get the hotel, and Dell's sitting outside. And he's like, well, Marie, you were right. And he's talking oh. to her. And you kind of start to realize there's something up with Marie. Um, and I don't remember if it's before this or after this, but they're sitting at a diner. Yes. And Dell says, I haven't been home in years. Yes. And then Steve Martin kind of... Uh, well, that's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then they finally get to Chicago, and Steve Martin's on the train home, and he's thinking about, oh, man, I'm so happy for... And he, it's kind of cool how John Hughes did this, where you get to see what John, what he's thinking. Right. He's thinking about dinner, and he's thinking about his kids, and he's thinking about what his family's going to look like, what this turkey's going to look like. And then he starts to remember this kind of funny, ridiculous trip of, like... The pillow scene. Which we didn't even talk we about. We didn't even but talk was, about the pillow scene. It's pretty... I watched this with Robert, my brother, who had never seen this movie for the first time. He laughed out loud at the pillow scene. And Robert's not a loud laugher. No, he's a, he doesn't laugh out loud at all. He's a he, very quiet... He kind of giggles to himself, but like... That yeah, the, the, the pillow scene... Because I didn't think that's what was going to get him. Right. Because it's not like, oh, but... But yeah. it's like, that's what got Robert was the pillow scene. Yes. Um, but so then he's thinking about the pillow scene, he's thinking about all these other things... And then he starts to realize, like, at least we have our wives, and, like, I haven't been home in years, and blah, 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 blah. And then he goes back to the train station, and, and Del's just Del. just sitting there. So sad. And he goes, what are you doing here? And he goes, well, Marie died eight years ago. Like, I, you Don't know, have anywhere to go. I don't have anywhere. Which I think is weird. I think literally he does. But he doesn't want to because he knows he's going to be alone. Right. Because there's nobody there. So I, right. I don't think, like... I, I think Robert was like, is he homeless? I was like, I don't think he's homeless. No, I just don't think he has, like, home. He has a place he, to live. He has a house. He doesn't have a home. Right. And the holidays are hard if you're alone. Yeah. So then Steve Martin takes him home with them. And then it's all good. And then John Candy's... What I noticed, too, is John Candy's not so kooky. He's just normal. He just acts normal. And then the movie's over. And it was good. I love this. This, okay. this is my favorite holiday movie because it could have just been about Christmas. Right. It could have just made... Or Thanksgiving. 
No, no, but what I mean is it could have been another Christmas movie. Got it. But it's a Thanksgiving movie. It's good. There's no Thanksgiving movies. Yeah, so should, we, should I rate it? Well, hold on. Oh, okay. Because now I'm worried that you're going to give it a bad rating. No, I'm not going to give I'm it a bad kidding. rating. Um, I just didn't like it as much as you. Originally, when they, when John Hughes originally wrote the script, and yes. I read this online, I don't know how legitimate this is. Okay. John Candy's character was originally a bumbling vampire that was trying to get invited into uh, Steve Martin's home, and then they dropped that subplot completely Thank and replaced you. it with Thanksgiving. I like it. I think that's a better I kind of like the idea of John Candy as a bumbling... Okay, maybe not in this movie. Right. But, like, just imagine Dracula. Right. But it's John Candy. That would have been good. I would have watched that. So, Uh -uh. okay, can I rate it now? Can't rate it. Rent it. Really? Yes, because you know what? I think this is the perfect... Okay, you've you've had Thanksgiving or whatever. Football's over. Everybody's still there. Mm -hmm. What should we do? Hey, has anybody seen... Plane, trains, and automobiles, and there'll be that one guy that hasn't, so then you put it on. Yeah. Well, you know what I just realized? I was earlier when I was talking about Gross Point Blank. Yeah. I was like, there's a connection that, to the, that these movies share, and I don't remember what it is. This is John Candy's, what well, this was, because John Candy's unfortunately passed away. This was John Candy's favorite John Candy film. Okay. Gross Point Blank is John Cusack's favorite John Cusack film. Oh. Well, there you go. Weird, right? Right. I mean, I get it. I um, think it's good. No, it's... it's <sighs> It, it, it's hard for me to say it's my favorite John Candy film because, like, he's so good. He was good. He's, he was, oh, it was a great he, he, actor. He was phenomenal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was good. <laughs> it, no, I like, I mean, it was good. There, I just, I felt really, I think the part that I didn't like it as much as you is because I felt very sorry. And I, you know, I just was sad for John Candy. Well, it's funny, too, because, like, with my buddy Taylor, this is absolutely me and Taylor. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Because Taylor's, Taylor's the nicest guy in the world. He'll talk to anybody. And not in a bad way, but he's so friendly, and he's so talkative, and he's so polite. And I'm just like, please, just, can we just, I just want to get home. I right. just want to do this. Like, that is true. Um, But, yeah, all right, so. My favorite don't, part. Don't act like this is your favorite part for this episode, because you were, like, unsure about this episode, this but next episode. it came to me. Okay. So, do we have to do our spiel first? Yeah, we gotta do our spiel. Okay. Um, we... Zazzle.com, we have a Facebook, we have Patreon, we have email. What's on Zazzle.com? Oh, sorry. Okay, you do it all. I was just, I just, this, Z- okay, even we, though I know I like You wanna this... buy merchandise? Zazzle.com slash KTMA show. stuff. You wanna go to our Facebook? We gotta get tested by proof Facebook. You wanna follow us on Twitter? Follow us on Twitter. Uh, KTM, I think it's KTMA show at Twitter. Um, we also have an email, KTMA show at gmail.com. Did we get any emails this week? Not this week. Aw, but oh. that's okay. No, <laughs> we I, always do that. Because I feel bad. Why do you feel bad? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, what? What? Oh, right. And this is something we never previously mentioned on the show. I think we did. I don't know if we did. Okay, well, if we if we already did, then guess we what? We're saying did. it We're again. We're saying it again. So uh, I got involved with this thing called Cast Market. It like shows you blah blah how you're doing because like if people want to buy advertising on your show or whatever, blah blah blah, blah whatever. Um, but it also shows that the, the iTunes charts where you or Apple Podcast, whatever it's called now, the Apple Music service wherever you chart on that, and it shows you uh, all uh, like all podcasts. And just the film and TV category. And we have broken film and TV top 200 in two separate countries. Woohoo! Um, Taiwan. Hello, Taiwan. And Vietnam, right? Hello, Vietnam. That's hilarious. Thanks for listening, guys. I love the concept that some, that like enough, either enough people or one person has listened to us enough in Taiwan and Vietnam that it's like we have, we appear on some top 200 chart. Because it's, yeah. Well, and let me, can I just say that if you are in Vietnam and you are in Taiwan and you're listening to us, send us an email. Yeah. We would love to, to be able to say your name um, on the podcast and, and kind of know that there's somebody that really is listening to us. I think it's So cool, our yeah. email is. Yes, yeah, say it. I think. I always get it mixed up. KTMA show. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Give us an email. Say hello to us. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's hilarious. It's so cool. It's, it's so funny. Like, if nothing else happens from this podcast. Top 200 film and TV podcasts in Taiwan and Vietnam. Woohoo! And people listen to us from places we've never ever been to or exactly. thought about going to. Exactly. So it's been really fun for it's us. It's been pretty cool. What number episode is this? It's like 24? No, I, uh, I don't know. I think this is 25. Wow. So we've been doing this 
Well, we have we definitely have more than twenty five episodes because right. we we have like ten thousand bonus episodes. Right. So, but I mean, we've been doing this six months. Approximately, yeah. and we're having a blast. This is actually going to be episode twenty six. I just looked it up. Mister Hunting's Opus was twenty five. Okay, so that's great. All right, it's time for my favorite. Even though I already know this time, and yes, because because I, I so we had a pretty fat dialogue about this earlier because um, I was going to tell him about it. So Dawn, uh, an email from we got last it. week. Yeah. Yes suggested parody films and mom was like i don't like parody films i don't like them blah 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 they're I bad don't. and i don't like them and i was trying to explain no that's not true well you dislike those leslie nielsen epic movie superhero movie those garbage ones that are Car- charlie sheen cool uh shots hot shots yeah, but they you like spoofy kind of goofy parody you dislike those kind of movies you don't like good well written parody like you can't say oh i don't like will ferrell so i don't like comedy right but that's all i've ever seen so when you say parody films to me that's what i think of and so i do explain to mom what parody films were right and that there's more to it than just these like uh one of my favorites from recently is uh pop star never stop never stopping it's a mockumentary about this kind of Justin Timberlake, Justin Bieber kind of guy starring Andy Samberg. Hilarious. Is, is that a parody film? Yes. See, I think that's the problem. I didn't know that parody films were so different. UHF parody film. Well, I love that one. Uh, so. Walk Hard, even though you didn't like it. That's a parody film. Got it. It's that kind of... Okay. Yeah. Um. So this week... um. Do you want to go first? Nope. Okay, I want this you week, to go first. I actually showed mom the trailer to this because I was trying to be like, no, here's what you're going to watch. Just trust me. Because basically I was acting like one of my students. I don't want to. Sorry, Dawn, but I didn't want to. Oh, mom was pretty adamant about like, maybe we can just skip this one. I was like, no, we're not going to skip this one. We're but gonna... So hopefully I'll be proven wrong by the end of this podcast. Okay, go ahead, Actually, Ruben. you go first because i got to make sure I say the title right. Okay, no, I got it. Okay, you're going to be watching the horror comedy from 2014 it's a mockumentary directed by taika waititi why do you, why do you laugh at that i just his name is so cool could you imagine though with a little kid because hello i'm preschool teacher having to spell that thing well i think like <laughs> he, i mean probably everyone around him had similar names i know but it I wasn't mean... like susan johnson was like his neighbor like i'm sure that everyone <laughs> everyone I don't know. in okay um you're gonna be watching what we do in the shadows. Okay, I did get to see a little preview, and it looked, it definitely looked. Well, because it starts, it's interesting. The, the trailer starts of like, these camera crews were allowed in this, and you were like, no, 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 and I was like, just no, because wait. I thought it was Blair Witch. That's you, why I kept saying no because I thought it was Blair Witch. And I was like, just wait, and you were like, okay, and then like I... Taika Waititi's stupid, fa- like in a good way, his character says this dumb like. Oh, was he in it? Yeah. He's like, hello. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. But he just kind of has this like, hello, yeah. I am Vladislav, or whatever his yeah. name is. The and minute he said that, I was like, okay, I'll watch it. So, yeah. yeah, it looks, I'm excited to watch it. Okay. So, I really struggled with this because okay. I had a movie picked out, but Amazon Prime or Google Movies didn't have it. And I didn't want to ask you to watch a movie that I, had, I can't watch. So it's kind of thinking, kind of looking, kind of thinking. We're going back to the 70s for you. Oh, boy. What am I going to watch? Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. What? You're watching Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. What? Okay, let me say it again. Wait, no. You I forgot. Was this a real movie? watching Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Was this a comedy? It is a parody film. I know. Now, I thought that this was a cartoon Nope. It is a cartoon. It is not a cartoon. You Sorry. Were... Oh, no, that's Return of the Killer Tomatoes. No. You know who Return of the Killer, you know Return of the Killer Tomatoes stars? Don't care. George Clooney. Oh, okay. No. There was a cartoon. Yeah, but don't watch the cartoon. I want you to watch the real film. What's the cartoon about? Don't care. You're watching the 70s, not a cartoon, so don't watch the cartoon. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh. I actually saw that when You're... it first came out. Why? Well, on video, because we rented it, because we, we got a VHS player. We went to the video store all the time. So, all, all right. right. Well, oh boy. Next week. <laughs> Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That, what is that song? That's the theme song That's for the movie. That's not the theme song. Yes, it is. I'm going to, oh boy. All right, well, next week, uh, I will be watching Attack of Killer Tomatoes. And I am watching a vampire movie. <laughs> just, just pick one. Just any it's vampire movie. the Shadows movie. one. So, I watched... 
Lost Boys. Yeah, I watched Lost Boys. No, it's something in the shadows. And I have to tell you, when I was telling my co-teacher, because he always asks what we're watching, um, you know him, he's a young guy. Brian. Hi, yeah. Brian. Hi, Brian. Um, I He goes, what do you have to watch? Because I said, I don't like parody films. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, what do you have to watch? And I said, I don't know, some vampire film, but it looks good. And he got it right. He's all, oh, it's really good. So we'll see. It's really funny. Yeah, so we'll um, see. I, I'm actually really interested in your... You're going to want to watch it with subtitles because they are in New Zealand. Okay. I always watch everything with subtitles because yeah. then I can keep the volume down um, in case there's some F-bombs or something that I'm not aware of. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So, okay. Um, all right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>